Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to podcast 92 with the square ball. Um, it's the middle of the summer. We've, we've been away for a while. And with me, I'm Dan, is Michael. Hello. And Moscow White. Hello there. You both well? Not so bad. It's been nice having no football, hasn't it? Yeah, very very enjoyable. Leeds United have lost no games. It's gone a bit steady, really, hasn't it? It's been a bit boring. Hmm. Saxon won. <laughs> we'll come on to all the football stuff shortly then. Um, first, let me just say that paper subscriptions for the magazine will be available from July the 1st. And at the moment, you can get digital subs at a discounted rate for the new season. Find all that at thesquareball.net. White watching. Let's wrap up the final couple of games from last season then. We won't dwell too much on the details because they're long since forgotten about. But uh, nice to beat Sheffield Wednesday and shove that one back down their throats. It was, and you say the details have been forgotten about, but this was the game when Steve Morrison drew level on goals with uh, goal-scoring hotshot Charlie Taylor. Both scored in this game. Charlie took a 2-1 leadership in the goal-scoring charts over Steve, but Morrison wasn't having that. Likes a challenge, snapped straight back. Two goals each for the season. Magnificent effort on their, both their part and it was funny because that meant that Steve Morrison did all the after match interviews as well he was hailed as a hero because he'd scored as many goals this year as our left back quite outspoken as well if you think back I tried not to listen My I can't remember what he said either <laughs> <laughs> he, did really say some, he did say some interesting things he was basically well, this where he was going up people are saying that was before oh, he scored no it was this one where it was like oh everybody's saying like I haven't scored for uh, two years but <laughs> it's actually only a year so yeah, the, the words of that words were huh, that's a lie because not realising that Leeds fans tend not to count goals scored for Millwall that's not really because they don't help us in any way whatsoever it's nice that nothing's changed anyway yeah well if we got rid of him we could maybe you know this could be a, a valedictory a, a run through of his great efforts in a, a Leeds shirt and a thank you for all his uh, all his hard work Instead, he's still here, so we've got another season of this. If you don't want to hear this for the next year, then uh, petition the club to get rid of Steve Morrison. 
and make the Square Ball podcast listenable for uh, 2015 2016 season why start doing that now that's the question well the danger of this is that people will go into the summer thinking Steve Morrison's a good footballer yeah well that's his that's his game isn't it I mean if you remember his first season admittedly we only signed him for the second half of it but he only scored goals in the second half of the season just to give that impression that he's worth keeping for the next four years Gents, forwards. Let's look forwards, not back. Um, well, we've got Steve Morrison for another year, so well, he's it part is, of. We our are f- looking forwards. We're looking forward to moaning about him for another twelve months. Anyway, just to to bookend the season, obviously we had the mundane finish against Rotherham. That's um, being kind. Yes, and AD White was good. Oh, poor AD White oh, came yeah. on and did pretty well. Admittedly, first time I got the ball, he fell over. But <laughs> then the second time, it's been a while. He actually, yeah, he was like him. And Rudy Austin were like the two players who actually tried, I think, A.D. White because he realised he basically had... He came on as sub, didn't he? So he had about mm. half an hour to save his championship career. Um, and Rudy Austin, I think, just desperately wanted to score that one thunder bastard before he was told to leave. Anyway, all this meant we finished in, in 15th position. To wrap it up, we played all the games, 46 of them. They're doing, they're doing these <laughs> days. Is that our big achievement? <laughs> yeah, it's a complete 46 game. Not everyone did, to be fair. No, that's true. Huddersfield and Blackpool didn't, didn't quite manage it, did they? Yeah, I, think, I think, to be fair, Huddersfield should have had points deducted for that. <laughs> the Twitter updates about that were probably more entertaining than our own second half. And when the, uh, the guy on the mobility scooter invaded the pitch and that little bit of video started circulating, didn't really care what was happening at Elland mm-hmm. Road at that point. So, yeah, 15 wins, so roughly about a third of the game is finished in our favour. We drew 11, lost 20, uh, scored 50, conceded 61, 56 points which was 15 points above relegation and 22 away from the playoffs. A success, really. In a season where if you'd only seen written down the things that happened off the pitch, you would presume that was a relegation season. Mm. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, If, you, if you'd see started with Hockaday, changed manager a couple of times, and second manager had no wins, third manager undermined the whole time all these new players coming in none of them with experience in the league etc etc several of them not wanting to play yeah some going on strike effectively at the end of the season you'd think oh that's a team that's almost certainly been relegated mind so, you yeah. hey listen we're currently 15th anyway on alphabetical order anyway at least well, excellent what was the point in even playing any of those well, yeah, this is less effort and there's less anguish involved that's what I'm saying mind you you've got to feel for Wolves fans they're not going to be happy with their position at the minute they get that every season, though, bless well, them. And it, it is very tight at the top between Birmingham, Blackburn, Bolton, Brentford, Brighton, Bristol and Burnley. Oof, busy. Yeah. Busy bees. Glad to be away from all that nonsense. Uh, seriously, for a second, you, you're sort of overall feeling about how that, how that one went. Um, how are we going to look back on this season then in, in 10 years' time? I think a lot... I think the on-the-pitch stuff can possibly be summed up by played 46, scored 50. That's poor and that that says a lot about what the games were actually like I think how we'll look back at it in 10 years time we probably won't remember much of what happened on the pitch it will all be about what happened off the pitch last season that's the dominant story and it could be defined by what happens this year because if this year we go on to get promoted with Lewis Cook captaining the team being the best player in the division then it'll be the season where he came into the team and Mm. we first caught a glimpse of him or if we go down (laughs) <laughs> and he's sold it'll be the season that led to the shitstorm another one all the best things about this season were things that can only be completed in future seasons Cook Mowat Taylor Byram's been around for a bit now Calvin Phillips they're all kind of they were all just hopeful things we can't say if one 
uh, one way or another whether they were good things or not until uh, until the future happens. I think as well people will remember it for the players who didn't play. Pub quiz question, like the, who was the Italian defender played a game for Leeds? Del Fabro, people mm. are names like that. Adrian, people will forget it, it ever existed. Basically, so this, this season was a pub quiz season. Pretty much. Well, which yeah, I mean, Zan Benedicic, who yeah arrived from Milan, played once and then was never seen again until he cropped up on Instagram with his arm around the chairman's daughter. That's quite an achievement for the season. I don't think he's going to be seen anywhere else ever again after that. So with our 15th place position in mind, let's revisit our predictions from a year ago and see just exactly how wrong we got it. Some of you did, not me. Oh, right, are you you the smart-arse? Oh, yeah. Right, Okay. so let's start with this one. Where will we finish? We we threw that one out there. Michael, you said 15th, so uh, absolutely bullseye there well done I even had to lead a, um, a protest at Blackpool to stay correct on that I couldn't afford Huddersfield to win and bumpers down a place <laughs> so, yeah, very so smug congratulations very smug. If thank you and the rest of my predictions are more or less spot on so I don't think we need to cover them <laughs> just stop it there then yeah. shall we yeah well Oddie God rest his soul um, who old fella used to hang around uh, anyway Ken Bates he said he just hoped that we did finish which was again you know not beyond the realms of all possibility he said yeah. 10th five places out Moscow you said we were going to get relegated and yep. we, we did revisit this point numerous times throughout the season yeah. It lo- actually for most of the season it did look like it looked close yeah we, we, it could have happened I was looking back at some old match reports from January where I was opening them by saying the worst thing about how Leeds United are getting relegated this season is X, Y and Z as far as I was concerned we would ju- it was just a relegation season so Happy days, 15th, so, yeah. Well, you said 22nd, so you were Which seven, even that was optimistic. Yeah, you were seven places out. Um, I was also seven places out, but I went the other way, and I, I thought we should inject... Very optimistic. Well, I thought we should inject a bit of optimism into it, because I went last, and you were all quite sort of lower mid-table, so I went for eighth, and yeah, way off. Mm. Player of the year, <laughs> this is great. Oddie didn't know, because he had no idea which players that we had. John Charles. Yes, and he eventually settled on Jack Wil- Charlton. Wilf Copping. No, the young um, version. <laughs> Jack Charlton in a blue shirt. He settled on Sam Byram. Again, reasonable shout. Did he all right? Did Sam, didn't he? Mm. Hit and miss. Moscow, you said Marco Silvestri because he will be busy. Cl- yeah. And, and I, that's fairly accurate. Yeah, that turned out pretty true. He was a lot of people's vote. If only he wasn't a quitting shyster, then... An alleged, that might qu- have been. An alleged quitting shyster. His dad said not. Well, and I... Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> as long as he wasn't just some kind of quitting baby it's who the hides bloody, it's behind them, It's them dad. bloody teachers, not my lad. Yeah, exactly. Michael, you opted for somebody new <laughs> and likely to be shit... I was right about the likely to be shit. And you went for Tommy White, didn't you? I did. Tommaso Bianchi. Um, Mm. Your thoughts on that? Well, it was talked up a lot in pre-season, was was my thinking. The perlo of the championship. mm, And he did play a lot to begin with. He was undroppable for a long period. We say play. So we gave him a good chance of becoming player of the year, which is more than can be said for your prediction. Well, I thought my prediction of Frederick Sorensen was quite a good one. And I said if we didn't sign him, then it would be Dikara. Mm. Where did Soren- did Sorensen go anywhere else? Or did um, he just stay put? Shall we Google him? Sorensen plays for Verona. He is nicknamed Iceman and Lake, the literal meaning of the abbreviation of his surname. So that's good to know. He's still at... Uh, he's a Juventus player, and he went on loan to Hellas Verona, played 10 games for Juventus, 10 for Hellas Verona. 
marvellous. Anyway, yes, yeah, so it wasn't Dakara either. Anyway. Yeah, so Moscow, you probably edge that prediction for being the player of the year. Yeah, Silvestri, good goalkeeper, a terrible human. Successfully saw off the challenge of Stuart Taylor, and Viviani, if we're interested, uh, went to Latina in Serie B, um, back on loan. He seems to stay there a lot. On to young player of the year. Then this one, another good one for you, Michael Lewis Cook. Yes. Well done. Saw the potential in him in those games I didn't ever see him play. <laughs> you remember his first game, his debut, brought on as a sub to save the game against Millwall. Oh, was, oh he wasn't. Gave away a pass and gave away a penalty. Classic Cockaday management. I don't know how else to rescue us from a goal down against Millwall. I know, I'll give a 17 year old his debut. Oddie said uh, it would be Charlie Taylor. And that, you know what, in retrospect, not a bad shout. He had, he had a decent season. To be fair, um, some of Charlie Taylor's firm were holding a blade to Oddie's throat when he said that. It was under duress. It was under, under duress. duress. Um, uh, but yeah, he turned out decent. After Massimo Cellino sold Stephen Warnock so that Charlie Taylor could play. Bullshit! Um, yeah. We both went for the same person that we mean you, Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if we broaden out the definition of player exactly into, into player, then we yep. were correct. We said Zan Benedicic, didn't we? He's probably what time is it in uh, Miami right now? I imagine he's playing three, 3 p.m. in Miami, playing Miami. Eleonora like an old banjo. Moving on, top scorer uh, Moscow. You went for Matthias Smith, as did you, Michael. As did Oddie. He did score more than all of our players. Yeah, he, did. He, he was top scorer in the Bradford game, was he? He was. And he had just been given a new contract and the number nine shirt. All the stars were aligning for him to, for him to have a great season. And, to be fair, he did have a great season. <laughs> Most of it for Bristol. And I think it's the mark of the man that even though his loan period had finished, Bristol beat Warsaw 2-0 at Wembley and they invited Matt Smith along for the on-the-pitch celebrations just because he's such a nice guy. It's almost like... Um, harmony and togetherness at a club is, is something that will make it breed success. I mean, your nomination for top scorer, Steve Morrison, it's more than I think Leeds United should do to invite him to Elland Road on match days. <laughs> and yet here we have Bristol City inviting that nice young man. I'm nice gonna I'm gonna rewrite Frenchman. rewrite history here and say that mine was tongue in cheek. Well, you say that now, however, whether it was or not, all that is written down here is Dan, Steve, Morrison. Yeah. Um, we asked who would win the league. Michael, you went for Derby. And up to a point, actually, it looked like a fairly reasonable guess. What's funny, though, wasn't it, what happened to them? Very. Mm. Very much so. Very. Nice to see someone else implode like us. At Moscow, you went for Norwich with mm-hmm. Luciano Becchio as the top scorer in the league. If he'd played, he would have been. Close. It wasn't a, a horrendous guess. They were up there, they got promoted, etc., etc., so... Yeah, it, it turned out to be um, Houston and Johnson who were the key players, whereas Becchio, let's just say there is no justice in the world. Um, at this point, in what was a repetition for from the year before, we asked Oddie and he said he didn't care. Yeah, I support that attitude. Mm. Um, we also went for, who else will go up now? Michael, Fulham and Wigan. Right. I don't know you're glossing fo- over the fact that you said Cardiff were going to win the league. Oh yeah, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, I said Cardiff. Well, all right, fair enough. Yeah, that was shite. Um, who else will go up? Michael, you said Fulham and Wigan, go on. I was given, in an amazing moment of foresight, Uwe Rosler, my full backing at Wigan, because he'd come off the back of a good season, and I think he would have taken them up had he been given time. But they sacked him, which is good, because it means we got him, which is mm. nice. 
Um, and Fulham, uh, it was that uh, uh, it was bad ownership. Again, I was right, more or less. Yeah. Uh, Moscow, good call on this one. Bournemouth, mm-hmm. well done for calling that one. Did you see the uh, clip of their chairman celebrating in the dressing room? Mm. I love these bloody boys. It's very um, erotic. Un- Uncle Monty. <laughs> yeah, very Uncle Monty-esque. That was nice. And Wolves was my other one. They finished above Derby. So that really they should have half finished a, half a point for that position zero. Oddy still didn't care at this point, and I went for Derby and Reading. And um, we then had one: uh, who will go down apart from Blackpool? Which again, so we all got a point for Blackpool because that was a given, and they did go down. Uh, Moscow, you went for Rotherham, nearly. Yeah, so close. That fat, fat bastard. And of course, you went for us. Um, yeah, which we've already touched on. So. Again, you were close with Rotherham, so you... you I was you, close with Leeds as well. You can have one and a half points. Thank you. Maybe one and three quarters, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham again. Rotherham was a close thing. Wednesday, I think, was more out of hope than genuine belief. Well, we forgot that they'd signed The Rock. Had Tom Lee's gone there at this point? I say this he, had gone, if, he had already gone there because Oddie wanted him for player of the season. Oh, okay. I say gone. this as if I've watched a single Sheffield Wednesday game last season, but I think he was captaining them at He's been linked with multi-million pound moves yes, out of there weren't now. Hull going to pay some like £4 million to take him to the Premier League? <laughs> it's amazing. They won't be taking him to the Premier League now, will they? <laughs> no. And they won't be signing a centre-back now where... Um, Kid Alex is back in back in the reckoning. Oh, we're in the championship again. I guess we won't need to sign the new centre half, eh, Dad? <laughs> uh, Michael, uh, you went for Birmingham and Millwall. Point for Millwall. Well done. If they'd kept faith with Lee Clark, it, they would have gone down. Yes, that, that is true, yeah. So it's their own stupid fault. It's their own fault. But again, you were close with them. I mean, they downly pulled away late on in the season. Didn't well, they? the thing is, they looked absolutely doomed and they were really terrible at the end of last season. Then they appointed a proper manager. And they were out of trouble within about three weeks. They just won loads of games until they were no longer in trouble. So That's what's so nice about Lee Clark going to Blackpool as well. Like, Ooh, things were against me at Birmingham. Reckon I'll have a better chance, don't you? I think Birmingham were 23rd at the time, Blackpool 24th. Yeah. Some record, that. So he nearly relegated two teams in one season. Did you shit yourself when he was linked with our job? Was he? Very briefly, yeah. Oh, God. Well, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't notice that probably for then. the best yeah. um, and Oddie went for Birmingham and Huddersfield again you know both fairly reasonable shouts I think that was more driven by pure hatred rather mm. than anything else it was nice to see Millwall go down eventually though yeah because I think I've predicted him for a couple of years and they've, they've been circling the plug hole haven't they the mm. only problem is it, it lessens their chances of taking Steve Morrison on loan next season even they don't want him they had him, pre- exactly. they had him back for a year things have changed and he scored goals there so you know anyone who says he hasn't scored for two years <laughs> That's a lie. Ask uh, Millwall. We asked when Hockaday would be sacked. Uh, the actual date was the 28th of August. Oddy went for five o'clock on Saturday after the first game, the 9th of August. So he was he was 19 days out. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, in a spooky tw- turn of fate, uh, coincidence, the 17th of September you went for, which was also 19 days out. Um, we were massively optimistic for... His, his chances well, he wasn't you, Dan was wildly optimistic I went for November the 1st which was after the Cardiff game I thought we would be humiliate, humiliated on telly and then we'd uh, mm. get fired do you think Hockaday even ever got himself a thick Macron coat he would have done it in the £5 sale at the end of the season possibly yeah, uh, and you put initials on it <laughs> and Moscow um, you were the closest one here mm. you said 10 o'clock on Tuesday which was after the Accrington game on the 12th of August you were 16 days out. Yeah, and remember, I also got it that it would be after an embarrassing League Cup defeat to lower league opposition. 
so I did get that part right. And I thought it was Cup Darling's Bradford City instead. Yeah, and I also he didn't, had, didn't, he, uh, didn't he get unsacked after the Bradford game? No, it was Watford that he got unsacked. Oh, that was it. Watford, everyone was convinced he was gone, and then on um, Sunday, Cellino did that interview saying, "Yeah, I thought I basically I decided to sack him. Mm. I sleep on it. I changed my mind." And then Hockaday was there saying, "No, as far as I'm concerned, I've had uh, no conversations with the president." Um, and my future is absolutely not in doubt while in the background you can just sit here chilly and go yeah I thought he was shit I, I want him out but I'll give him another chance I was right on Milanic as well I called Milanic um, you did to the day didn't you to yeah. the day so that's uh, Mystic it's Moscow like a, it's Mystic like I can read Massimo Cellino's mind and you would not believe it's like Finnegan's Wake Kids, <laughs> for the kids, and finally, who will be our next manager? I went for Gary Mack again. I wasn't a million miles off. It nearly, well, nearly happened. We'd had that classic at the Hockey Day press conference when yeah. um, Gary McAllister was mentioned, and oh, well, he's got a club. No, he has no, Massimo, and his face just fell. It turned. It didn't all turn out that um, Chilino he hired Hockey Day after somebody was drunk in a hotel bar with him, recommended him to him. Is that, is that not the tale? Something like that. Yeah. Super. It fits. He came across as the sort of man who'd be recommended by a drunk person in a hotel. You went for Gianluca Festa, Michael? Yeah, you know, he'll come back at some point. Yes, yeah. in some role, I imagine. Um, Moscow, you went for Benito Carboni. Again, I think mm. all th- all three of ours were fairly reasonable shouts there within the parameters of what we knew about Cellino. We couldn't really account for Carboni being here for any other reason. So taking over as manager seemed natural. Or oh, sorry, head coach. And of course, he chucked his hat in the ring, didn't he, when the Sheffield Wednesday job came up recently? And how? Not off. The grave jumper. Uh, right, and Oddie got it right. He said, "But Redders." Well, I know he didn't we, get it right. Well, do we count? Not, mm. Do we count Redders? That's that's the question. Well, it was Millen. Oh well, caretaker. It was it was Millenich was the next manager. Of course, yeah. Mm, well, what was it? Interim. Well, he was caretaker, not interim. Mm. So he can't have it. He's not here to defend himself, <laughs> so he's not having it. Well, the first and most significant point to talk about, uh, I guess, is is the watermelon, um, Neil Redfern. Square ball reader, mm-hmm. Neil Redfern. He's gone. Not a reader, probably the biggest fan we've got. That was a particularly tense moment after the end of... Well, there were two tense moments. One, Lucy Ward on her way to buy a copy. And then after the game, the photo of him reading said copy had me frantically flicking through the copy in my pocket to see what I had written <laughs> in my review of Neil Redfern's season because I'd, genu- I'd had a drink and I genuinely couldn't remember if I'd said anything terrible. But I was quite nice about him. I was very was nice right. about him as well. So, And as we should have been. Yeah. Why would anyone be horrible to him? He well, did well. Well, well we no, could go right. and ask him a yes, okay, fair enough. No, why would anyone reasonable be horrible to him? Because he too much, he grabbed, he grabbed a crest... And you say, I love Leeds. I love money. Nah, you love Leeds. It's, it was all, it was incomprehensible yeah. when all that happened. But um, yeah, he's gone, but he's back. Well, is he? Is mm. he? We've only seen it in the media reports. We haven't had it confirmed by the club yet, have we? No. Uh, they've confirmed um, that Tyler Denton and uh, Luke Parkin, I think, are the players who have signed new one-year contracts. They've confirmed that on the official website three times at my current... Uh, counts. They quite like that news just, story. You, they don't want you to miss it. We've got a head of recruitment, we've got an assistant, we've got the first team coach, we've got a goalkeeping coach, all announced. Nothing yet about possibly the biggest bone of contention 
at the end of last season and what is, if it's true, an amicable solution. Well, look, Until Chilino well, it, no, like, with What, what you just said, that it was a big bone of contention at the end of last season, but is it now? Because Juve Rosler's obviously come in, who you think, if you erase the whole last 12 months and if, if this was a year ago, you'd think, do you know what? That seems like a fairly reasonable appointment, actually, and he's got a good support structure in place, and obviously Pearson's part of this. Mm-hmm. You'd think, oh, well, actually, this is looking all right now. They're doing the right things. So... Taken on its own, do you think the Juve Rosler thing is all right? I seem to remember us wanting to appoint him at some point. I can't remember after which manager. It might have been Warnock or yeah. Brian or one of them. It was because when I met what's-his-face Patel and um, when he was DMing me on Twitter, which is unbelievable when you look back on it, he was one of the names that came up, but they ruled him out as being too inexperienced. Mm. Which manager would you, do you think the fans would like? Guardiola, Mourinho... <laughs> Rosler I don't know Silly. Hocker Day Silly. Yes that one yes Silly time What do you think then Rosler um, Good, bad, indifferent I'd take him all day Yeah Brentford He did well Wigan Not so well But the position we're at We're not going to get um, Guardiola or Mourinho He did um, well for a bit at Wigan Yeah <laughs> Just and, and, I mean, long it, enough Maybe they're a club that is in decline as well Because mm. Malky Mackay has got promoted from this division before And he had a, the majority of the season to turn him around And failed to do it and he's always he seemed to uh, teams play attractive football. He's German, and Germans know how to run Italians. World War Two reference for you, there, hey, kids. Um, I get a feeling we're going to have a few of those during the season. And he seems like a decent he's guy. He's German, isn't he? From yeah, I think so. From <laughs> so he's a communist as well. That's good. And Man City fans always loved him. I quite liked his playing style when he was a player, and that he was a. A European continental player, but played a bit more like Lee Chapman than anybody else. Like Which it. is why you love Becchio. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, when Becchio turned up with his long flowing hair and oh, his God, fancy name, Luciano Hector Becchio. What have I done? And, uh, and the only footage that existed of him on YouTube was scoring a volley in a vital playoff game, which incited when that ball hit the neck, there was a ticker tape parade and people run onto the pitch to chair him off. I was expecting some kind of silky skilled, like tricky. Samba with Sabella part two. Did we not establish that this is because he's the son of a Nazi war criminal? Is that true? It's a theory. I suppose it is a theory. Um, (laughs) How did that represent itself in his play? Well, just he's just very he's just a blonde haired, blue eyed boy from Argentina. I'm saying it's not it's not the standard look for someone who who's from South America. (laughs) If maybe a grandparent had got into a bit of bother. Back in the 40s, needed somewhere to go. Non-extradition country. Needed somewhere to go for a bit while things died down. Settled there. Well, he's gone back now. He has, And I'm, I'm doing everything. I have actually tried to order a Belgrano <laughs> shirt um, through a, a fans organisation, but um, it's got to the point where I've filled in the form, but the next step is to send... Um, I have to put my money in their bank account, but they haven't sent me the bank details, so I don't know what's going to happen with How that. How do you feel about him going back there? I'm surprised, well, actually. I've, I've to ask, did your heart sink when you found out he'd gone to Belgrano? Yes. Did you not feel... Because I felt I'd quite wanted him I'm back. I'm just going right past that joke. Oh, um, come on, it's a good one. I'm letting that joke sink without trace. I still held out hope that people would see sense... I mean, with the new sensible regime, Pearson coming in, taking control, Rosler being a sensible thing, somebody could get Massimo and say, stop being a dick, just get Becchio back instead. And the other thing that surprised me is because Becchio, in one of his few interviews in English, when he was still at Leeds, he basically said that when he retires, 
all he wants to do is open a restaurant in Mallorca. So I don't think, I don't know where actually going back to Cordoba, town of his birth, fitted into his life plan. So is it not I'm ca- not actually... Is it, is it not the case that he has opened that restaurant in uh, Mallorca because he's tweeted about it a lot? Because he basically went into semi-retirement when he went to Norwich. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was his brother's. Mm. Um, but yeah, he has definitely, he's obviously got an interest. Well, exactly. Now, how is he going to cope managing that from... Argentina. And you, you, chilled, just, you just want him a two-hour flight away rather than sort of seven or eight. Nine, his ten. children are Yorkshire-born, Bianca, named after the county. So for them, it's like it's not going home. He's going home, but his children are emigrating to a new country. So when I found out about it, I didn't necessarily think of the implications for Leeds United. All my concerns <laughs> were about his future happiness and his family's happiness and well-being. That's good. Um, but I am. I think the next Cordoba game, because it's the Copa America at the moment, so the South American top leagues are suspended for a while. I think it's the 12th of July is their um, first game, and I'm planning to tune in. <laughs> Amazing. I never um, cared when he was at Norwich, because they're rivals, but something about watching him play in, uh, in Argentina, I just think it's going to be brilliant. I reckon he's going to tear that league up, and he'll be happy again. If he'd gone to another English club, if he'd gone to Rotherham full-time, I don't think it would have worked. The only option in England, in England was to come back to Leeds. I think that would have been amazing. We would have been promoted as champions. I think something special is going to happen in Argentina. Mojo back. Becchio I, I, scoring. Listen, I'm good. I'm looking forward to um, your brand new Cordoba Belgrano podcast yeah. that is inevitably going to be for, all Belgrano, yeah. aren't we? It's going to be called. Oh, oh excellent. I love that. Uh, so back to Juve Rosler. Now, if you take out all the support structure stuff and this was Chilino putting Juve Rosler in. Would you be as confident? Well, the last we saw of Chilino was his press conference with Adam mm. Pearson. And it's been notable that he hasn't been seen since. So it's a that- bit like um, when you see someone like when Kerry Katona was on this morning. Do you remember that? And then she was not seen for a while. <laughs> Somebody had a word. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's went, going, mm. right, that was a bit, a bit eccentric. Mm. Maybe. Maybe you step back a little bit from y- your cigarettes. Yes. Well, it was the cigarette break that characterised... A beautiful cigarette. Beautiful cigarettes, yes. And then when he came back after that beautiful cigarette, strangely, his uh, voice had risen several decibels. He was um, carrying a copy of The Promised Land by Antic Levain. He was using a pound the table. He was suddenly very punchy about all the journalists in the room. And he was foaming at the mouth for the next half an hour. So that was, must have been quite a cigarette that he went and smoked. So if we'd had, if the press conference to announce Juve Rosler had had that fucking maniac sitting there doing it, then no, I would just, I would be expecting disaster. However, I don't know if he's even said anything about Juve Rosler yet. I noticed the Kappa will come under the, the kit announcement, but while the press conference was still going on, they quietly put a prepared statement on the official website announcing it at the same time which had quotes from Massimo Cellino saying, hey, basically, they're my old friends from Italy. They work with me at Cagliari for a long time. I bring them in, cap on my friends. But they're not allowing him to come and say that in person anymore because he could have hey, I bring cap from Cagliari. They're my friends. And new Rev Fern, if I see that fucking joke <laughs> around here again, I smack the smile off his face. I pull Lucy Ward in the fucking river. You've, I think you've sort of hit upon uh, the heart of the issue here, which is that there's They've been... They've got locked in a cupboard. Yeah, there's been a complete shift of position and of, of MO. It's all changed to the degree where you have to think that somebody is pulling his strings. Somebody's pulling some strings and... 
it's a bit hard to deconstruct it at the minute because we're not sure exactly who or what. I mean, look, compare the two appointments of the la- of the last two summers. Last year we had Hockaday not really speaking, Junior Lewis not speaking at all. I'm not sure um, Junior Lewis can speak. I'm not sure he can, but he's he's learning. God, God bless him, he's trying. He's, hey, God loves God loves a trier. He is, he's, he's very good with the cones. Um, but this year we had Pearson, someone we recognise, a qualified person, speaking to Rosler, a manager we recognise, who speaks very well. I think he think he comes across well, and you just think one's like a football club being run. Last summer was like a bizarre dream when you look back on it. Yeah, when you um, when you do look back to the Hockey Day press conference, so strange, so strange. Everything about where is the. Rosler and Pearson, normal. That's what a press conference is like. Here's our new manager. Ask him what you want. It's Rosler. You know this guy. He's taking us on a pre-season to play against some teams you've heard of. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the big difference. The first question of the press conference wasn't, who the fuck's that? It was, oh, Uwe Rosler's here. That's good. Chilino's not completely gone away, which would indicate that he does still have some sort of influence over matters. He has done one or two interviews and, and spoken mm. to one or two people. He's done a bit of scouting as well, because... He went to uh, was it Morecambe against Southend? He went to to scout somebody. Well, uh, or yes. did he? Or was it just a day out? No, he did. Go, well, that was when he spent all week banging on about how he wanted to be allowed, despite his ban, to watch Leeds against Rotherham. And the football league said, "All right, go to the game. That's fine." And then the protests. Obviously, there were a lot of people at that game um, with purple balloons, and there were um, banners up saying "Chilino Vatente." Is is it Vatente? Vatene, I think it is. But well, either way. Um, fuck off Chilino yeah. um, it's the easy way of putting it and he went to Morecambe instead couldn't work out whether it was a genuine scouting trip or if it was just more of a, a childish fuck you knowing the man suspect the latter <laughs> but anyway we've, we've seen right we've seen huge changes then um, Adam Pearson a very welcome bolt from the blue the press conference feels like something of a watershed we've seen Salerno go now uh, so then I've obviously been interviewed today and, he's, and he said that Chilino's made it clear he wants an English director of football. Do we think there is just a, a shift in policy that he genuinely has learned from his mistakes or is something afoot? I think just as cigarettes can be very potent, chloroform can also be very potent. Something has happened to silence him because he doesn't change. Chilino hasn't changed. I refuse to believe that from the raving maniac that we saw in the press conference after he came back to win it was a well it wasn't even to introduce Adam Pearson nobody still knows why we had that press conference why we broadcast an hour of him on LUTV to national press who were invited basically and the random stranger who walked in and the random stranger who walked in and started berating him about Becchio which I didn't appreciate people assuming that was me Um, (laughs) he hasn't changed from that I don't think it was then a week later suddenly everything's fine something has happened to shut him up and I don't know what it is but when you look at the things that Adam Pearson has been saying um, one of the quotes at the Rosler press conference where he said I think you'll find over the coming weeks that there's a sense of order and stability that starts to pervade the club he's saying those things on the one hand but then he's also saying there is one owner of this football club and he will set the policy and he will make the ultimate decisions so it seems like they've somehow manoeuvred him into this position where in my mind, because he redecorated his office, he's now got that office which has lots of white lines on the floor to represent a football pitch. And so I think he's in there setting the policy, and the policy is, fuck all these guys, I want a winning team. And then Pearson goes out and implements that policy, 
as well, Massimo said he would like a, the football club to win more games. So how do we approach this from a strategic point of view? <laughs> and we're working on it, Massimo. You don't have to understand. You Terry's here with a, with a, a. Did you see them on the little pedal taxi? They went for a pedal taxi ride somewhere, and there's like a vine of the Terry's filmed of them <laughs> going down the street whooping. So he can go around. He can have a lovely fun time with his friends. Well, Adam Pearson runs the club, and then occasionally you just phone call at four in the morning. Says, "Hey, I've been thinking Gianluca Festa deserves another chance." Well, we'll certainly we'll we'll consider that at our next strategy I'll meeting, Shalino. Yeah. We will. Yeah, because what's but happened? How that's possible? Well, I don't know. What's happened is his influence has been diluted down, isn't it? That's mm. the thing. And all this, of course, is against the uh, the backdrop of the court cases. The elephant in the room is that he's, he's inevitably going to be facing some sort of suspension at some point soon for something for some yeah there are there are a number of things we've got the other yachts the there's the stadium charges mm-hmm. there's the obviously the adrian third party ownership issue that's with the fa alleged illegal uh, payments to agents for mccormack and so on and so and on. the range rover which as we speak he was found guilty of something yesterday um we just don't know whether it was enough for another ban guilty of tax evasion and fined Mm. and last time he was banned it was because he was guilty of tax evasion and fined but then there's this other thing in the room of it not being enough to be a customs offence which kind of raises a lot of confusion so basically it's wait and see on that so we could be banned as of now we we just don't know but they said the reason that was is because the tax wasn't such a large amount Mm. but he still has the yacht doesn't he well, yeah, the which is presumably more expensive than a car. Yeah. I've never bought a yacht. I imagine the more than cars. Well, it's just like a parking fine. So you remember a lot of people saying oh, okay. it's being banned over a parking fine. Admittedly, it's a parking fine that's about well, the Range Rover's forty thousand pounds. <laughs> minor infraction. So listen, um, what are your feelings on this now? Where are we now, and how do you think it's going to go? Which aspects? Well, I mean, we're we kind of everything feels settled at the minute. Um, mm. And one mate who I speak to, we said like we're settled, but it's kind of too settled at the minute. We're only ever one, you know, manic afternoon away from another fuck up. But those things become harder when you have a bigger support structure in place, like he's put in place. So, mm. you know, where is your head with Leeds United now? Where, what do you think is going to happen? How does this pan out? I don't know. Is that good enough analysis? It's strange because I know what you mean about uh, the infrastructure being more difficult to remove because there are now, if you want, it's not like, I mean, Milanic had his uh, assistant whose name none of us were ever polite enough to really learn. But to get rid of them, it was just like, well, they just go. But here you've got Rosler, Martin Glover, head of recruitment, Rob Kelly, assistant, Julian Darby, a goalkeeping coach, Richard Hyde, all sort of seemingly with the backing of Adam Pearson and you can't really just get rid of one you can't do a Steve Thompson um, without affecting all the others so there does seem to be some strength there what seems to be lacking although today we've confirmed Bamba Lewis Cook has signed a new contract and we've signed some kids the actual playing side of things seems to be there's some catch up to be done and I keep worrying a little bit that that's being forgotten to an extent everyone's like We've got a head of recruitment. We've got a secretary. Um, the guy, we got Hayton from Liverpool. So we've got a club secretary now. Brilliant. But we've still got Sharp and Morrison up front. I mean, Bamber alone isn't enough to sort out the defence. We've still got question marks over the futures of players like Sam Byram, 
who Sunderland are after and it's rumoured that um, a move to Everton might happen. So all those things aren't really being spoken about, but um, what is being spoken about in that context is all the youth team players, which we've been kind of mugged off with before. So let's move on then to talk about trialists and transfers and speculation and whatnot. Um, the ones we know about, Lee Irwin is in from Motherwell. Um, we touched on it just... He's not bad, just et cetera. Is it, yeah, he looks use- useful. Good YouTube reel. Also ended the season in a fight, which is great. Positive. Bodes well. Probably, probably the best picture I've ever seen of a Leeds player getting punched in the face. <laughs> Dirty Leeds. Being hit, though, mainly. He's unproven. He's untested. He's had one good half a season. But that half a season does look good. Both feet, but seems to favour his left. He's one of these tall lads who can run really fast, and he kind of always looks as if he's about to topple over. A modern athlete. Uh, I was going to say that quite ungainly. It's like when Lee Chapman used to run with the ball at his feet, but he's actually got some uh, silky skills. He's got tricks. Is that Scottish he's skills? Tricks. He's got yeah. He's got yeah. But Bob Snodgrass had Scottish skills. Uh, yeah, I know. But you know, sometimes you see people playing at a certain level mm. and they look good. That's and my fear. Mm. I mean, you never know. Some of his goals are like good spins, like he'll beat a couple of players in the box, but those players are giving him like about half an hour to do it in. It may be a different matter when he's got like Paul McShane up his ass. I don't know, Paul McShane's left hole and Alex Bruce won't bother him. So insert random defender, Snodgrass. Insert random Heidi High character. You can watch uh, footage of Snodgrass playing for Livingston and you can see why he got a trial at Barcelona because he was fucking phenomenal. Watch uh, footage of Leo when playing for Motherwell and you can go, ah, worth a punt. It could be good. He could be great and I hope that this time next year I'm lamenting his move This time next year? Where's he going? Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we also got um, Charlie Horton, young goalkeeper, backup goalkeeper from Cardiff. Any feelings on this or just, you know? Yeah. We need we needed some goalkeepers. And we, we've got the gloves, so we may as well have some keepers. Let's put them to use. Yeah, um, Sol Bamba's in on a permanent now, which has been probably the most widely positively uh, endorsed move on social media. A good one, very good. He was good. our best defender last year by a long way, with not much competition, but still, he was very good. And we'll he seems on. like a good person to have around as well. He seems actually. I was just going to say we've been, we've really lacked leaders, and I was going to say the two attributes he really seems to have are leadership and an understanding of the club as well. That he kind mm. of you know he understands what it means to be a Leeds player, and and it was not, it was nice to see him standing up for Redfern as well. Shows he's actually to be a, a decent person. I would like to think because no one else did, and that's not one, outwardly anyway. That's one of the other surprises of the summer is that not only does it look like Redfern's come back to the academy, but then Sol Bamba, who basically burned every bridge he could get. Um, petrol on is back so they really must have Chilino in a box well Pearson speaking about this has said we need several experienced recruits now didn't they so agreed it, you know and it, Bamba's the first and yeah I like Bamba as a defender I do have that fear of Leeds United sign um, on loan defender permanently and what can then and generally does happen but history doesn't always have to repeat itself things patterns do break eventually he doesn't have to be another Mikulik. Um, I, I, I described him on the forum as he, he's he's on the O'Brien curve now. The O'Brien, now yeah. Now he's been signed. So, but if he can if he can break that instead of having a breakdown. The thing is, you can't not sign players because they did well for you on loan. That's a daft yeah. way. That's a daft way to behave. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was good. He was good on loan. We'll not take him. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm happy with his signing, and uh, be interesting to see who plays alongside him. 
going out the other door, uh, the other way, Rudy Austin. This was an inevitable one, but I kind of feel a bit sad about it. I mean, Rudy Austin, people have different opinions on him, but yeah, limited as a player, but still very useful. Two things to note about Rudy Austin. He was the only player against Rotherham who played like he actually gave a fuck, and just the other night he played with Lionel Messi in his pocket. One of those statements might not be strictly accurate. (laughs) He played with Lionel Messi. He actually did all right. I watched uh, some of that game, and he like he didn't look out of place. I feel, mainly I feel because bit, he stayed away from Messi. <laughs> I feel a bit sad that he's gone. Even yeah. though I don't, I wouldn't have necessarily wanted him to be a starting first teamer next year. But if you need someone to rely on and to come off the bench and mm. show things up a bit, and he can do a variety of jobs as well because he he's just a pest really as a footballer. He's, he seems to never ever stop running. Trumbly. Which is bloody annoying to play against. Trumbly, we played him behind the front two for a while. It kind of worked. Yeah. Because he just chased centre-backs for, and they were trying to, defenders were just trying to create a bit of space and time for themselves, just passing it. And he was always there. And mm. you could tell they were thinking, just piss off. And then we could play him in front of the back four and he would do the same thing to the strikers. Even play him on a wing. Worth saying, is he was signed during the um, the GFH Warnock Axis era, wasn't he? So there's a, every chance he's on fairly substantial wages, which may have been one of the major factors in why he's left. But you know, he was contract was up, renegotiated. Yeah, maybe I'm sure I don't know. Wherever he pitches up, he's probably not going to get what he was but getting. It was quite clear that Chilino didn't fancy him as well, wasn't it? That was very obvious. The tough thing is that I suppose he was let go when, at a time when we didn't actually have anyone in charge or, so, a, pl- or yeah. a plan so Rosler hasn't had a chance to look at him and say no I don't fancy him he doesn't fit into my style he was mm. just let go by whoever was doing that at that time yeah if Rosler comes in he, his first thing he writes on the whiteboard is that right and that, what we need now holding midfielder I'm thinking some kind of powerful athletic Jamaican somebody in there bit mentalist who can rap does anybody know where we can get somebody like that that would be a problem also on the way out then we've seen um, Aidan White depart probably the most the most notable one out of all the rest um, your thoughts on that never fulfilled potential a year short of his testimonial I feel sad about A.D. White because I remember we probably all saw the 16 year old A.D. White and thought he's probably going to go on and have a great career and he's just yeah. it feels so long ago I swear we were all 16 when he made his <laughs> debut in his last game when he came on against Rotherham he looked fine like he's there's a lot said about can he play in the championship? What level is he? Is, is this above his level? Is he cut out for Leeds? He might not be cut out for the top levels of the championship and he might not be a player who could get us promoted. I think injuries have had a lot to do with that because they've fucked him from pretty much the start. But he's fine in the championship. He'll be, he'll be fine at Rotherham as long as he stays fit. I think it's something else we can blame Warnock for as well. Both mm. Warnocks, in fact. Warnock for signing Warnock because... I seem to remember Brady White was in the team and playing left back and doing all right yeah. for quite a while, and then we, for no apparent reason, decided to make a left back our top earner because Warnock just had heard of him. He'd see, he had him in his World Cup well, sticker he's play, book. He's played for Liverpool and he's got England caps. There you go. I don't, he never had a chance, and he's, he's moved positions a lot, hasn't he? He's, no one's been quite sure if he was a left back or a left winger, and then bizarrely, was it McDermott decided he, he could play him as a number ten? Yeah, pre-season played him in the hole, which always seemed uh, an odd fit. But I don't you wish him well, don't you, really? He's, yeah. He's an unfortunate case, really. <laughs> that um, might be the, the, the On un- his gravestone. The unkindest thing you could possibly have ended on. We're all trying to be quite nice about him. An unfortunate case. A couple of keepers have gone, Alex Cairns and Stuart Taylor, and the other notable sort of first-teamers, really, 
Uh, well, people have been in the squad anyway. Zach Thompson and Michael Tong. What's wrong with your fucking head? As Neil Warnock once said to him. Oh, wasn't that his bloody debut? Or like his one he, of his he got first set off against couple of games. Didn't he? Reading. Red- oh, Very okay. early stages against Reading. And uh, yeah, a few comforting words from his <laughs> manager. What's wrong with your fucking head? It was probably head? just minutes earlier been telling him to get out there and get into him. Well, we saw how that was the game when uh, Sockgate first came through, when Michael Brown was kicking everything that moved, clearly under instructions from the manager. So what's wrong with your fucking head? What I tell Brownie does not apply to you. A number of people have stayed, the most notably being Lewis Cook has signed a two-year contract. Only two years? Mm. Mm. You'd, you'd like more. Possibly it Possibly the most talented teenager in the four divisions. I know that's a bold claim. But I mean, from, from our division down to the conference, not the Premier League. It's better than nothing, though. <laughs> yeah. I fully expected him to leave. Mm. So, And as we know, no one ever signs a new contract and then leaves absolutely well no it doesn't feel like he's leaving in other years like last summer it felt the whole summer like McCormack was leaving it yeah. was always talked about and then it dragged out and inevitably he did leave Cook have not really heard any it seems if anyone's going to be the sacrificial lamb this year it'll be Byron because mm-hmm. he's actually been touted about and even then it doesn't feel like there's the the weight of speculation behind it that feels more like it's waiting for a lot of things are depending on what right-backs teams in the Premier League have got. So if Sunderland... It's where that Jenkinson goes from Arsenal. If he goes to Sunderland, they're fine. If he goes to West Ham, then Sunderland need a right-back. I think if... Is it Coleman plays right-back for Everton? If he ends up moving, they need a right-back. So it's all kind of waiting for that. But it's not like he's being forced out. It's I did also say that Byron ha- he has just bought a house near York, apparently. And he's quite... Happy in Yorkshire. So. Do Middlesbrough need a right back? <laughs> well, Sunderland is not, you know. Plus, if, if I mean, if he gets a move to Sod in Everton, he can probably go by helicopter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hire a chopper for Byram as a callback to a classic square ball forum thread. Uh, a number of other young players have signed contracts, which is good news. Um, Lewis Walters, Louis Coyle, Calvin Phillips, Denton Parker. Uh, Grimes, Skelton and Perver sounds like a, right, a, a, a second world war <laughs> squad doesn't it I'm delighted Tyler Denton and Eric Grimes have stayed yeah they're the two that I wanted to sign up I've not seen any of them play Alex like, Perver feels clear. a little bit more posh Jake Skelton somewhere in between <laughs> but yeah it is like it's the cast of the history boys it is <laughs> it's a it's a a, a some squadron yeah it's a beautiful thing so let's hope any of them are any good because that's the only thing, is apart from Calvin Phillips and seeing the little bit of Lewis Walters, I genuinely couldn't tell you whether any of the rest are actually any good or not. And even Calvin Phillips looked good in the games he played, but then we have those warnings from history like Aidan White, where looked good at a young age and then anything could happen. It's just a fact of life, though. Some work, some don't. That's just how it is. Yeah, I believe um, that little chat will probably be has been had with all of them. Looks so you open up Watermelon? Very true. Etc. Uh, we'll move on then on to um, kit issues. We'll tie up the rest of the new stuff. We'll start with a kit. Um, goodbye, Macron. Hello, Kappa. Hey. It sounds great. Mm. No sponsor. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kappa, maybe not first choice, but fine. I did like the they way... They do make quite tight-fitting shirts. I can, I'm concerned how that's going to look around mm. Leeds. I've seen our fans. I did like um, Adam Pearson's complete failure to sell what should be quite an attractive proposition because you could either describe it as um, the sponsorless all-white kit is going to gleam under the floodlights at Elland Road. Instead, 
when the, the news was resonating, it was just like, it's going to be plain, very plain, just plain. No sponsor? Plain. One for the purists. One yeah. for the purists. I mean, I still think in Macron's head that that um, NBC cigarette shirt with the blue stripe down the front, if you asked them about it, they'd just say, all white kit. It's what you like, isn't it, Leeds fans? We gave you an all white shirt. There's a big blue stripe down the middle. No, it's a white kit. Don't know what you guys are talking about. So Kappa's interpretation of a plain, hopefully gleaming, hopefully all white shirt remains to be seen because it could have those two sisters like massive across the front. The only sponsor will be the kit sponsor. However, it is going to measure three feet by two. <laughs> it's also for now. I mean, it's Chileno. If he somehow allows himself to to make decisions again, who knows? We might have ISIS on the front of the kit or something. <laughs> well, ah, change my mind. Replace the. Uh, <laughs> Replace the shield with just a rendering of his face. <laughs> um, you never mind. Touch the crest. You touch my face. <laughs> leads, leads, leads. A Massimo and a Yorkshire Rose. I'd uh, love to see that. Um, yeah, so the, so the, the Macron deal, a uh, Ken Bates legacy era deal. Um, yeah, we've got out of that a, a year early by the looks of it. Mm, um, I haven't got out of the court case yet. So no. we've not got out of it yet. Well, we're out of the shirt. We're not necessarily out of the deal, then. Let's put it that way, yeah. Mm. Um, and speak, speaking of Kenneth um, and his radio station, now, this is an interesting one, whether you picked up on this on, on Twitter or not. It's, it's one for maybe slightly the geeks, but Radio Yorkshire is no longer available in Leeds. Hmm. Unless they could get round it, if you want to listen to Radio Yorkshire in Leeds, go and stand outside Subway and ask them to open a window, because that's pretty much the only way you're going to be able to hear it. Uh, yeah, so what's happened is that they've switched off the transmitter that used to go across the whole of Yorkshire and they've broken it down into small bits. So there's like a bit for Bradford, a bit for Leeds, Sheffield, one for North Yorkshire. And the stations had to negotiate deals to go on two different parts of these, these local transmitters. And they've basically failed to do that. So they are now left broadcasting from Leeds with mm-hmm. the Leeds United commentary, but not in Leeds. Where are they broadcasting this Leeds United commentary to? Bradford, Huddersfield. <laughs> Yorkshire's number one provider of Leeds United commentary in Bradford and Huddersfield. <laughs> are you listening, Halifax? <laughs> well, back to the old days of Minster FM, aren't we? Where it was, you could get Leeds United on FM, but only in York. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, on the plus side for Radio Yorkshire, as we, we've seen the YouTube figures, they're not that bothered about who's listening. No. They'll, they'll keep going regardless, those yeah. boys. Well, the twist in this tale is that, without going too much into the detail of, of who owns what, is that the transmitter that broadcasts to Leeds on DAB is owned by the same people who own Radio Air, who Ken went to great lengths to poo-poo and rubbish after mm. he kicked them out of um, being the uh, the commentary partner, didn't he, and then set up Yorkshire Radio. So maybe there's some payback loaded into all this somewhere. As Ken Bates would say, Revenge. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is a dish best served dead? So we put out to Twitter and Facebook a solicit for our end of season awards. We set up a survey just to see what you think about the season that's just happened. First one up then, uh, the award was Player of the Season. Uh, Moscow, I'll let you read this one out. In third, in third, should we do a drum roll? In third place... It's an honour to be able to uh, announce this from third place upwards, especially as fourth place is inexplicably Steve Morrison. <laughs> People have done that to upset you. So beginning with third place, Marco Silvestri. Took 6.2% uh, of the votes there. Second place, by quite a big margin over Mr. Silvestri, Lewis Cook. With 27% of the votes. And the winner. The winner. Dun, dun, dun. Alex Mowat. Congratulations, Alex Mowat. How many did he win by? He got nearly 50% of the vote. He got just shy oh, of 50%. 9.6% of the vote. That's, it's com that's a comprehensive victory. How the hell? Why did 53 people, 5.3% of the voters, vote for Steve Morrison? Because what is the matter with we've you? slagged him off that much. They're, they're trying to, they're getting at, it. they're trying to get at you, and, and, to be, and, you're, and you're letting them. And to be fair, I did set the survey up and put him in there for that express reason. Mm. Yeah. You bastards! Well, I mean, I'm pleased that other has done. He other other came above got, Luke Murphy. Yeah, and almost got as many as Steve Morrison. Other includes uh, the guy who scored three penalties in the halftime game at home to Blackburn, which were fucking beauties, according to our correspondent Charney. Um, Charney, Charney, actually, Charney had, he, had he been listed, would have beaten Antonucci and possibly Byron because <laughs> he's in the other. It breaks down the other answers into uh, into individuals, and he's definitely got. I'm pretty sure he's got more than Byron there. He crops up quite. Becchio's on the twice one after another. That suggests it was you doing it. I didn't vote <laughs> once after the other. I Luke Varney's on there. I like this one as well, um, which which is a reference to me. I think as yet unspecified number nine. Mm -hmm. Yes, That's, that, I didn't um, do that. That wasn't me. Adrian, like a sophisticated football robot sent back in time to change the future for one lucky football club. <laughs> so we're yet to see the implications of his uh, signing. The prodigal cat, that um, chap from IKEA. Mm, yeah, being um, obviously. Andrea he gets named as well so he gets two votes Terry George is obviously in there and the kit man with the big beard I think somebody actually just did a, a run of piss taking because it goes Charney Ngoy Luke Varney Paul Rahubka Matt Smith Nicky Ajos David Norris Charney 
So I think somebody's just done a run of stupid votes, mm. and I hope they're proud of themselves. Um, on to award number two, the Watermelon of the Season Award. Michael, only three candidates for this one, so this shouldn't be too difficult for you to understand. It's hard to, it's a, the question's hard to understand, really. It's Define, interpre- yeah. The interpretation well, of it, because it, it's not really manager of the season as such, is it? It's who was the most watermelon-like... But this is the beauty of it. It was open to interpretation by the person who was voted, so you could take it in whatever context you wanted. Well, the results are somewhat surprising because well, we don't so. know what context any of the people took. Exactly. In. So we'll see. But anyway, in in reversed order, in taking the bronze um, is Darko with with just eleven percent. Mm-hmm. Redfern coming in at forty one point eight percent. He's second. Hocker, you can't you can't keep a good man down, and Hocker Day probably sat somewhere still thinks he's the best man for this job and would probably take that to a job interview this yeah, is, this this is, is evidence going, statistical evidence it's going the on fans, the fans were right behind me they I'm wanted almost, me to stay um, if anybody does want to uh, edit this into his Wikipedia page <laughs> um, feel free that he has been he is the inaugural winner of the Square Ball Watermelon of the Season Award 2015 beating Redfern and Milanic For 47.2% of the vote that's a lot that is a lot. a lot. It's considerably better than his uh, his win percentage. <laughs> so stick that on there. And of course, as an extension of that, assistant watermelon of the season. There were four candidates in this one, which is um, somewhat confusing for people. Yes. Because we only had three watermelons, but we had four four assistant watermelons. And the, the candidates here were, of course... Well, I can read them in, in reverse uh, order, if you like. It's, if you, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm fine. Fourth... Uh, was Novika Nikchevich. I feel bad for him when you see who's next. You may remember Novika as the guy who stood next to Milanic for a while in some games. So he's come fourth. Next, um, absolutely no one. That was, the guy, that was the guy who was helping out Redders, wasn't it? Yeah, at the end of the season, came in yeah. for the last few games. Um, 8.9% of the votes. He replaced uh, Steve Thompson, who got 38% of the votes for assistant one man of the season. So, was a more effective replacement uh, for Steve Thompson than uh, Navika Nikchevich would have been. Um, and the winner, by quite a big margin, he's got 7% above Steve Thompson, 45.5% of overall votes. That man, Junior Lewis. He beats Thompson by a larger margin than Hockaday beat Redfern, which suggests to me that the real power in that partnership was probably Junior. Yeah. Keep that off Hockaday's um, uh, Wikipedia page, though, if you're editing it tonight. <laughs> Award number four, then. Signing of the season. Everybody we signed was chucked into the pot with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, poor uh, Giuseppe Belushi took only 0.1% of the vote there at the bottom, with Casper yeah. Slot and Tommaso Bianchi only 02 A number of people not really scoring many votes, but, uh, you know. Again, I mean, 86 people out of 1,000 thought Charney was the best signing of the season people haven't taken this seriously that's what I'm saying they've ruined it for those people I mean we don't want to turn this into something where we just express our disappointment in our listeners (laughs) but that's what I'm feeling at the moment I mean admittedly Bamba Bamba does win it and probably rightly so by a long way in fact Bamba 48.8% of the vote Silvestri in second place on 21 it's a fair margin Silvestri may have fared better had he not been such a turncoat bastard at the end of the season. <laughs> an alleged turncoat bastard. An alleged, and in yeah. your opinion, do you think Michael? if the uh, turncoat ringleader hadn't turned coat and ringled just before this uh, this was done, Giuseppe would have got more than one vote <laughs> for signing of the season? I think timing may have uh, 
had something to do with um, with what happened here as well. So I said third and fourth were uh, Charney and Benedicic. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, that has something to do. Yes, the two factors at play here were one that um, Giuseppe Belushi and Silvestri would had just turned coat. Um, two that a lot of our listeners are piss taking bastards. Hmm. So two factors combining. Um, onto a very, this was such a close run, um, a r- close run award. This one, um, the Hollywood Hanger On of the Year. Only three candidates in this. Over to you, Moscow. I think uh, not to raise an issue with the uh, question, but um, wasn't it um, Lindsay Lohan that our vice president was hanging out with in Greece at the start of the season? Oh, yeah. I think he was making out. He was hanging out with her. I think actually he'd seen her and stopped for a picture. Yeah, but, but I think still. He was trying to well, actually, he's got an image. My, 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 criteria, my criteria for this were appearances at Ellen Road. Oh, um, okay. So, well, in that case, perhaps yeah. Ercole himself, our vice president, should be nominated for Hollywood Hanging Around of the Year because he does seem to be. Anyway, I still have problems with Hercules in third place, and this is again, I suppose it's true. Hang around, he's welcome anytime. Vinnie Jones, eight point eight percent of the vote um, for Hollywood uh, Leeds Legend of the Year, should we say? Vern Troyer, however, came second, which is surprising. Um, 44.2% of the vote because he has been beaten Hollywood hanger on of the year by a uh, wannabe owner um, or just Twitter tease Russell Crowe 47% I think, I th- of the vote I think Twitter tease because he's gone awfully quiet on the matter hasn't he since his mm. film's not out anymore who'd have thunk it yeah funny that question 6 now here's one for you gentlemen um, the Ken Bates the Ken Bates villain of the season um, oh my 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 and there were a number of candidates. I'll, I'll take you through the candidates before I hand you over to uh, to Michael to read these out. We we had everybody from um, Ken Bates. Obviously, he has to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, GFH, the Football League, Sean Harvey, Luke Varney, uh, the Sick Note Six, Andrew Umbers, or Massimo Cellino himself, um, and other. We had a lot of other responses, some of which we'll we'll come on to in a minute. But um, take us through the winner of this award, Michael. I won't go through the list, the order of everyone, but disappointing to see Sean Harvey. Coming at the bottom there, I mm. think he deserve he always deserves to be a little bit higher. He's a, he's a multiple winner of the award. Um, I think he'll be disappointed with his performance there. In honesty, well, Luke, Luke Varney as well. He's missed out on the medal positions. I, he's pleasingly high though. I'm glad he's got up above other. That's true. And but, um, Ken Bates himself, in fact, <laughs> which is um, quite an achievement for the uh, Ken Bates for another season award. But in third place, um, it's the man we've we've come to love. I think. One of our one of our own. One of our own. I mean, he's a Leeds fan. I'm, I'm sure your dad, for example, Dan, will remember seeing him at away games in the 80s, fighting his way through <laughs> through crowds. Uh, Andrew Umbers, I'm sure. He's not employed by the club anymore, is he? He might be. He might be. Who knows? Even if he's not, he'll be back at Ellen Road next year. He's a big fan. He's got a season ticket. He'll be back. Yeah. For sure. Ahead of him um, are the Sick Note 6. Share the silver medal positions. They so um, Umber's got fourteen point seven percent, eighteen point one percent for the Sick Note Six, which is not. Ma- I mean, shared out between them, that's not too bad. Three percent each, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, uh, and we'll be seeing them again next year. I think it was easier to get rid of Redfern to get rid of all of them, and then winning it by a distance uh, is Massimo himself, who, who got took nearly thirty eight percent of the vote. Wow, what percentage did uh, Ken Bates himself take? A mere four point nine percent. That's some going in his first full season. <laughs> it, took, it took a couple of years for us to really hate Ken, didn't it? Um, a couple of years of him owning Chelsea. 
a few notable mentions in the other column then uh, the colour purple got a mention all of the above was one person's choice but mainly Varney mm-hmm. the whole fucking lot of them another notable mention Terry George got a few mentions yeah, as well Ben Fry the LUFC <laughs> Twitter don't go to bed yet guy <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, Troll and Jason Pierce as well. Mm-hmm. Oh Christ, they're all a bunch of assholes, all of them. Mm-hmm. Even I got a mention, which I'm quite proud of. I'm not sure quite what I did, but there you go. The square ball for not doing a weekly podcast. Hey, mad would settle for fortnightly at the minute, wouldn't we? F- several for Terry George. Someone's put Terry George a prick. Mm-hmm. Strong feelings. Yeah, there are uh, my dad, not my dad, but I've seen some. Well, I hope better not be my dad, but my dad in quotes. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have to deal with this shit year on year. And the best one, I think, here, the guy who dragged his girlfriend on at half-time on the Valentine's Day game and then pretended his ego hadn't taken a huge hit when she smashed the ball in the net. Ken Bates' club foot as well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get um, mentioned enough that one of the original sources of Ken Bates' bitterness was uh, not being able to play for Arsenal because of his club foot. And there began a tale that we will never let go on to award number seven the behind the scenes champion mm. uh, a number of candidates for this ranging for anybody who's but the, the, the criteria here was people who are loosely involved with or have been on the board or involved in the administration of Leeds United yeah. so, so we're, everybody from from Gian Paolo Caboni who's, who's been a board member to Hisham El Reyes for example yeah. and uh, Nicolas Salerno obviously and Graham Bean etc it's nice at this point to see that Hercules and Edward are finally um, yes. given the recognition they yeah. so richly deserve yeah. um, and the Eleonora stays remarkably pure because um, she hasn't had an official role at the club um, unlike uh, our winner which is yeah. um, well r- run us through that ticket in the I mean Benito Carboni came fourth yeah. but he was beaten in, out of the medal positions quite soundly by uh, by our, our third place it's person. worth pointing out too that Carboni came above both Andrew Umbers and Nicolas Salerno and in fact both the Chilino children so he's, he's in just a few months his short time at the club he made much more impact than people who've actually well, been on the board the whole time the hotly anticipated Chilino of the year award is to come yeah so yes. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. And also worth pointing out that in third place is somebody who has been in jail for the last year. So David Haig is our third place behind the scenes champion of the year. Comfort in that for him, perhaps? It's something. It's had, it's had a few people finish on top of him uh, in the last year, in all likelihood. Finishing on top of him in, in this vote is Matt Child. Who, I'm sure Matt uh, will be delighted. Yeah, he had a brief but a significant spell as a chief executive of the, of the club. Well, did he have a a job title it was chief executive in role if not in name was chief executive probably in name before long is Andrea from the furniture shop was our behind the scenes champion of the year more significant than Andrew Umbers bigger influence than Nicola Salerno more say in the running of the club than Hisham Alrez Selene Patel and Ginesh Patel put together when you take nearly a third of the votes which he has done with 30.6% I think that's a worthy winner um, we had a few other people. Hashtag free David Haig was nominated. Oh, the, you, you, were, you were allowed here to explain why you wanted oh, to. Oh, with these explanations. Yeah, this, this was the why if you wanted to, yeah. Um, but they're not linked to the person that they voted for. You can guess on some, for. though. I mean, for all the villains of the club, it's nice to have one who actually looks like a panto baddie. Is that Umbers, maybe? I don't know. Is he on that list? I suppose Daniel Arty did wear a... I mean, I'm imagining things, or did he used to wear like a sloppy-sided beret? <laughs> or I just completely made that up. Did Graham um, Bean have a hook? I'm just making things up. The David Haig one, his tweets made Middle Eastern prison sound like a Mills and Boone novel. <laughs> That's good. I do like, I don't know who he is, therefore he must be doing something right <laughs> as justification for a, a vote. 
Uh, one for Andrea, because having a specialist in hard and soft furnishings, making decisions is a new low, even for a club run as abjectly as ours. Um, I presume epic hair dyed country is um, <laughs> probably Andrew Umbers. <laughs> yes. Someone, I mean, some of them, you can't really tell, tell what they are, but it's like best looking is one of them. I dislike him the least. Because um, prick. Because he's fat and that's funny. And one we missed off that was well pointed out by one voter saying, I want to vote Johnny Coconut, and in his words, I'm 100% confident I will win this. Superb. On to award number eight then. Who is your Chilino of the year? This is possibly the most exciting of the awards. Five candidates in this one. Everybody from Massimo himself to his wife to his two sons and his daughter. I mean... Talk us through. Maybe we want to run through all five of these. This is this is important. Stuff. No mention of his sister. His sister's quite significant. Remember, she was his partner in crime. Uh, Luciana, his boat uh, that all those Algerian sailors got murdered on, was named for his sister. Ah, right. So really? she she always deserves a say. Has she done much this year though? That's the that's the. Haven't heard. No, and she's not had much contact with Lee's Knight. I think they were stopped from working to it with each other after they collectively were convicted of defrauding the European Union on oh. behalf of the family company. Is that, is that like a parking ticket? Yes. Very much like a Everyone. multi-million pound slap on the wrist Everyone ticket. does it. We've all defrauded the EU out of millions of pounds of grain money now and then with our sisters and then named a boat after her on we- which sailors have died. <laughs> yeah, still. But anyway. moving back to, uh, to this lot, again, Hercules, he's the vice president of the club. It says so in his Instagram profile, and yet only 3.9% of the vote for uh, Chilino of the Year. I feel that's disappointing. Eduardo, he's actually been in town. He's done some interviews, those classic interviews where he stands outside. They were almost identical, the ones after Hockaday got sacked and after Milanic got sacked, where he stood, fronted up to the cameras, squinted as if it was the last place he wanted to be in, as if he was being told off by a teacher. I was like, ah... Yeah, my dad. It's not his record. He, he sacked more coaches than this before. Uh, my dad, he does these weird things. It's so, but he only had the impact on five point six percent of uh, our respondents, which is half the impact that uh, Massimo Cellino himself made, because he only got eleven point seven percent of the votes for who is your Cellino of the year. Which, given the way he reacted to the amount of praise that was being given to Neil Redfern as compared to the amount of praise given to Massimo Cellino, if I was either of the top two in the Massimo, uh, in the Cellino of the year, sorry, I'd be prepared to be having my ear chewed off and then pulled and uh, general anger being thrown in my direction. But I imagine that the second place, with 26.6% of the vote, Mrs. Massimo is probably used to that kind of thing. Oh, Massimo's in a impotent, egotistical rage again. <laughs> I guess I'll just go back to Florida. <laughs> and one of the reasons you, you're allowed to give a why for this as well, one of the reasons, she must be some sort of extreme porn star for her ability to live with such a massive dick. Which made me laugh when I read that one. And the winner, so that leaves only one, and really she is in many ways the queen of our hearts when we talk about the Cellino family at least. And the trooper I came to admire this woman over the course of the season because really the 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 bombardment of ill-witted comments on every innocent and some not so innocent and some borderline depraved selfies that she posted on um instagram um she dealt with them very well particularly the ones after we last talked about this 
people were prodding her with my words, Moscow White says sign a left back. I know it's somebody left on <laughs> one of her photos of her in a bikini. And um and yeah, and for a while, as we were saying at that point, she was the only person at the club actually answering questions. So with a more than half of our uh, votes, Eleonora Cellino is Cellino of the Year. And I, for one, congratulate her. I think looking through the comments, yes, the answering of, <laughs> of questions has not maybe been the thing she'll be best remembered for. I mean, just, just, to, read through, just to read through <laughs> some of the comments, uh, that arse, the pictures, um, arse, arse. Titties and arse. Tits and arse, the arse. Them boobs, though. Um, <laughs> Bum photo. Nice bottom. Uh, fit but a bitch. She's fit, arse, quite fit. She's well fit, must be adopted. Yeah. You make puke is one of the comments, which I quite like. Historical <laughs> references there to other yeah. takeovers. I do quite like specifically her arse. <laughs> oh, what I've just stumbled across here in the notes, and this is quite a lengthy uh, explanation, not about um, Eleonora, but about Mrs. Cellino. And it says... Uh, Imagine actively choosing to live with that. Imagine Christmas Day, Sunday lunch, Tesco Big Shop being Q. Imagine any conversation about anything. Imagine him looming over you, thinking he knows what works while you feel powerless to intervene, in spite of the fact that you know he's going to fuck up whatever he tries to do, e.g. sex. Mrs. Cellino for Cellino of the Year because of this broad and crude sex analogy for how he's fucking the lot of us and doesn't care what we want or get. Shout out to everybody who still calls him Cellino, Cellini. Might explain why some, some still support him. If they've been misgoogling him, then they won't have been privy to the non-stop stream of happenings that suggest he may be a bit of a fucking lying coward, delusional bastard. Not my words, the words of that raving lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading down the list as well. Again, yeah. someone someone who is themselves a bit of a raving lunatic. Really. <laughs> um, I think they voted for um, Mrs. Cellino. Proper MILF. I can imagine her performing the Halle Berry bo- blowjob scene in Swordfish starring John Travolta. <laughs> Obviously the hock on the receiving end. Whatever, whatever helps to keep the wolf from the door. And finally, Christ knows how the lady has coped with that bloke for longer than about a week. Poor girl deserves some recognition. Not on Susanna's level yet, though. Right, on to award number nine. Who is your social media user of the year? Now, this was probably the tightest of all the uh, awards that we got. There were a number of candidates, everyone from Salerno to Graham Bean, Poppy Farnan even got a mention in there, Eleonora, of course, um, Emmanuel Giulianelli, who is now sort of sulked off um, because Salerno's not there anymore. Um, He's still on Yorkshire Radio, though. Radio Yorkshire, sorry. And, yeah, so direct from Italy straight to the... <laughs> people of Huddersfield of Claire Huddersfax <laughs> um, alright and um, loads of people to go out for this so maybe one of the, we'll do a top five uh, well other came in six but Eleonora only came in fifth position mm. um, Ellie, as we mentioned came in fourth just, Michael just, just, just want to take just, us just through? 1.2% between the top three it, it was exciting watching this unfold it, I, can, I, can, I can only imagine how you felt seeing these votes come in um, but I think for er, his, erect mainly <laughs> I think the person in third place has probably got there for, due to liking dogs. It's, um, he loves dogs. He, I'm glad. It's, it's, I love dogs. Glad. And also for his um, his posting of pictures of him with Sol Bamba. Say, hey, not racist. Look, <laughs> I got a black friend. Yeah. Hey, this guy. He didn't grab me by the throat and put me against the side of a car. No. So he was third with 14.2% of the vote. So you can see how tight this whole thing was. Second place. Mrs. Silvestri. Yeah, uh, mm, okay. Which, she's an attractive woman. I thought she was a bit of an outsider, but she had a bit to say for herself. Well, she's yeah. been on. She's been on in the away end at most games, and she's been in with the fans. So, 
Um, I think it's not just social media use, but also recognising that she will mingle with us ordinary folk. Wears a goalkeeper shirt too. Unusual. You don't see many 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 fans sporting a goalkeeper shirt. Patterns slightly odd eccentric ones, but you never saw Mervyn Day's missus in the away end wearing a, a Burton's goalkeeper shirt, did you? <laughs> well, she came second anyway. Did uh, Mrs. and Mrs. Sylvester, not Mrs. Mervyn Day? Fourteen point eight percent and Belusi up fourteen point two. So again. You, Tight as you like. Tight as you like. Speaking of which, the winner. It's not a vote for for him, it's a vote for justice. It's David Haig. Hashtag free Haig. Yeah. Where is Haig? Where's Haig? Where's David? <laughs> oh, let, yeah, in jail. Let him out, though. Come on. Wow. Although he seems a bit knackered, doesn't he? And to return... Yeah. return well, he's to stopped paying all his lawyers, mm. and they've stopped working for free. That's a that's a bad two bad things happening at once um, to return to an earlier theme um, presumably this is about Eleonora then boobs though etc etc and um, we get a mention in here which is good mm. uh, the square ball handsome mm. bunch Pro, I think that was maybe Oddie wrote that from Beyond the Grave one that's too genuinely too uh, Giuseppe Belushi's credit I did enjoy fuck who does not support the leads <laughs> was a great quote from that man that one can have tweet of the year we didn't have a poll for that but we no. that can have uh, well between that and I'm glad I love dogs I'm not sure which one and this one the final award less of an award more of a question uh, I thought I'd tag it on there because I was curious mm. um, where will we finish in the 2015-16 season now bearing in mind this was done let's say a month ago mm. before anything happened so you're saying it is built in knee jerk well, yeah, I wanted to see what the, the, the general feeling was at the end of the season yeah. where people thought we would finish. The choices were up as champions, up in second spot, up via the playoffs, glorious failure in the playoffs, we'll just miss out on the playoffs, upper mid-table, lower mid-table, flirting with relegation but safe, relegated or out of business and starting again in Sunday League. It's statistically beautiful to look at is this actually because it probably follows what statisticians would call a bell curve really i think so yes if i remember gcse maths correctly yeah apart from well there's kind of extremes yeah well it's kind of basically i mean it's fat in the middle and then it sort of tapers off towards the end but i think we got a, a number of novelty votes for upper champions came in with nine percent and then out of business and starting again in sunday league it came pretty high up it was about the third best choice but i think that was people being funny are you sure Maybe. Are you mm. sure? You see, I would take both that and the Champions ones as equally serious. I can imagine people holding both those opinions. And I can imagine either of those happening. We could go out. Chilino could wake up tomorrow, walk into his office, look at Adam Pearce and go, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and then everything just burns. Or he could walk into his office and he's going, you know, I've been thinking it over. We can afford Messi. And then we're up as champions. So... Either could happen. Yeah, I'm so, going to take this seriously. Okay. So to, expl- to explain the distribution, upper mid-table was the most popular answer, quickly followed by lower mid-table. Um, We're a set of dreamers. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got flirting with relegation but safe and we'll just miss out on the playoffs being the um, the other ones that came in just behind that. So the, the, the general feeling seems to be around mid-table, above relegation sort yeah. of thing. And then few people thinking we'd go up via the playoffs or up automatically. Not that many thinking we'd be relegated either. Quite a number thinking, yeah, we would either be champions or out of business. So yeah. take from that what you will. Yeah, it's funny. 1.7% say second, 9% say champions, 2.8% say relegated, 13.9% say out of business. I think that says a lot about... We, we like an extreme at Leeds, apart from the people who, obviously, there's like nearly 30% of people saying uh, mid-table. What do you think 
now a month further down the line is the most likely outcome based on where we are having just signed Sol Bamba just to date stamp this one 15th <laughs> 22nd um, it's hard to tell I, because we've got such an unfinished squad I genuinely don't know who is going to play in the team because we've not had the same level of rumours as we've had last season I think well I mean last season so many of the rumours about players coming from Italy came true that they weren't rumours anymore they were actually just attempts at signing well either signings or when you know, players like Sorensen and Viviani actual genuinely we were signing them until we find out they wanted paying um, and if you remember that happened with Belushki as well, we told him to piss off and then got him back. So we've not had that level of noise, but that's leaving me with no clues about what sort of player we might be about to bring in. And then there's talk about Billy Sharp maybe going, Sheffield United are kind of playing at coy. What's the team in league? Oh, Wigan apparently they were saying they wanted him today. Byron might go to Sunderland, so we might lose these players. But who's going to play up front? If we, let's say Sharp leaves and we don't sign anybody... What we got? We got Lee Irwin and Steve Morrison, or and then Ducaro or Antonucci. If we start the season with those four up front, Lee Irwin could be brilliant, but he's got three losers with him. So it's very difficult to say at this point in time what's going to happen. So I won't up yours. Ask me on the start of the season. I'm doing a prediction now. I'm not mental. Michael, do a prediction. Fifteenth. So thanks for taking part in our uh, end of season awards. If you were, uh, if you did a little vote for us, unless online. you voted for Steve Morrison, <laughs> in which case, fuck yourself. Yeah, we appreciate your input. Look out for the fanzine; it'll be on sale for the first game of the season. Of course, that's not pre-season; that's actual proper season. Uh, we'll get it done for the first game. Who do we kick off against? Burnley. Yeah, Burnley, Burnley. at home. And yeah, I. Uh, Deitch. Yes. <laughs> He's back. Yes. Hooray! It's going to be a very throaty season. Yeah. Um, Strepsils for Michael. Are we dropping any hints on the magazine? We've gotten some new typefaces. We have got some exciting new typefaces. Oh, yeah, there may be other changes as well. Yeah, more pages. Mm. More money. Uh, Probably. Yeah, the backlash starts here. Yeah. No, well, that decision's not for interfering with. Just stay out of it. We'll charge what we want. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. But um, do look out for subscriptions um, on the website, the paper subscriptions. And don't forget with the paper sub, um, you get a digital sub thrown in as well for the course of the year. And you can look at all the back issues from 2009 onwards. They're going to be on sale from the 1st of July. Look out for that. You can get a digital subscription if you want that one um, right away. Various options there of durations, lengths, girths, widths, all that. Point you, when you've stopped looking at that other stuff on the internet, point your mouse at the squareball.net. Cheers. Yes. And I think that's just about us done for this uh, this interim summer podcast. Feels weird, doesn't it? It's meant to be end of season, but yeah. yeah mm. Holidays, on, but yeah. You it's know, turned but, into a little bit of a Milanich sort of feeling about yeah. it. Anyway. Still we, not found Oddie. The, Let's give him a mention. Come on. The search goes. Come just because it's... Just because it's summer doesn't mean he's all right on the streets. <laughs> if Becchio can find his way home... To Cordoba, Oddie can find his way home to the podcast. If he comes back with long blonde hair, then we've got a problem. So yeah, thanks for uh, for listening to us. Really appreciate it. We'll speak to you again uh, just ahead of the new season. New mag will be out then, of course, as we mentioned. Uh, cheers from me. I'm Dan and Michael. Bye bye. And Moscow. Bye bye. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful summer of ours. We'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.